Hey everyone, welcome back to the Past Their Prime podcast. I am Dan, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, my fiance, Cammy. Cammy, how are you doing today? Hi everyone, doing well. <laughs> you excited for a long day at work tomorrow? Oh yeah, I took advantage of my little day off from being sick, and now back to the grind. Back to the grind. You're a teacher, I guess, for people to know. So hopefully your students never find this. Uh, Maybe they do. Maybe we'll get some more viewers. Why not? I don't care. Yeah, and plus you're using my nickname, and a very few of them know my actual name. Well, I'm actually going to put your full social security number on here, just so everyone could have it. So. Oh, uh, great. You know what? Put my credit card information on there, too. You got it. What do you want to talk about? Uh... You want to talk about Ticketmaster? Oh, yeah, that whole fiasco. So so you're watching a bunch of TikToks about that, and you're doing a little bit of research for the podcast, so give us the lowdown on it. What's going on? Yeah, so uh, thankfully, I'm not a Swifty. I tried to search up tic- like how much tickets go now. I couldn't even find it. It's not listed on Ticketmaster anymore for Taylor Swift, but that whole fiasco was fun to watch. I thought they were up to like $3,000 for some tickets, right? It's not on Ticketmaster anymore. They just took it down completely? Yeah, it just said a uh, giant banner saying tickets are not available. <laughs> not even the resale ones. That's rough. Well, they opened up a clash action lawsuit for that, right? I think so, and I think it's going straight to like the Department of Justice to be investigated for antitrust laws. That's what's up. They yeah. Love antitrust laws. But see, like, that's an advantage because you and I, we often frequent Broadway shows. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we obviously bought tickets for Music Man for my birthday. Those were expensive. They were expensive, but they're not as high as they could be. Yeah. I'm actually curious to see how much those tickets go for now i think we're both searching it up <laughs> yeah what did taylor swift write i'm trying to pull up the tweet that ta- pull up the tweet that taylor swift made in response to the uh the whole ordeal because people were like angry at her response but to be fair all musicians and all artists are really locked into that deal because Ticketmaster is the only game around i think pearl dram a long time ago tried to like break out of it and they just couldn't yeah, I think uh, their choice to not selling it on Ticketmaster was not selling at all. Yeah, basically, because like all the venues, like the Garden and MetLife, they're all stuck. And well, those are just two New York examples, but everyone's stuck using Ticketmaster because they have a monopoly on basically the whole ticket market. So yeah, not only that, but they have the monopoly on the venue. So mm-hmm. every single venue is connected to Ticketmaster, yep. so they have to sell through Ticketmaster, and then the resale through to Live Nation. Yep. That it's a whole fiasco. Were you able to pull up her statement? I'm trying to find the screenshot. I should totally share in the chat that picture of you with One Direction <laughs> in Times Square. That was beautiful. We don't talk about that. It was a it was a dark time in my life as we we're standing behind a blanket of One Direction. I have One Direction that is now used for our puppy Loki, who will be linked in the link dump because Loki is the goat. Oh yes, he deserves. He, he should honestly be the profile picture. Anyway, so I guess we'll move on from this because... Fuck. Oh, I found the... Okay, read it. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically that just is her saying like, Oh my god, I love my fans. I was trying to find a way to avoid this. Uh, there's many reasons why it was hard to do tickets, none of which is her fault, obviously. Um, and then, so sorry for those of you who guys who didn't get tickets. Um, so again, I understand it's a PR thing, mm. trying to shift the blame. But at the same time, you do kind of have to take some ownership. Yeah, because she said she had no like resolution for this, which I guess there's not really anything that she can do besides say sorry. But you know, not that I hate Taylor Swift, but there's not much she could have done in the situation. Yeah, no. no tickets I... were sold, and you can't get them back from scalpers. So. 
Nope. And like I saw that they were as high as ninety thousand dollars. That's what's up. Uh from like resale <laughs> ninety thousand dollars. Hey mom, can I take out a short sale on my house just so I can fucking go see Taylor Swift? Like that's that's a whole down payment for a house. Basically, yeah. So, Cammy, you're a gamer. Uh kind of. I am a gamer. Yes. Uh that's why we're getting married. Uh but what I wanted to ask you specifically was about Zelda, which we talked a little bit about the podcast. You have played almost every Zelda game? Uh, just the Which ones have you mom. missed? I haven't played any of the 2D stuff. Okay. Um, except, I guess, Link's Awakening, if you call that 2D. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a good game. Um, but I didn't play the f- original Zelda. I didn't play Link to the Past, or I tried to Four play... Four Swords. Yeah, I didn't play Sports Swords. Uh, I tried to play the DS games, mm-hmm. and it just it just doesn't part like what's on the Wii and the GameCube. So we'll say that you're a connoisseur of the modern Zelda games and the 3D games. That's fair to say, right? Yes, that's fair. So what would you say is your favorite? I think I already know the answer. <laughs> See, that's hard, because I most recently finished Twilight Princess. Mm-hmm. And this whole time I had my top three, I was like, okay... This is it. And then I played Twilight Princess. And now my order is all out of whack. Hmm. Um, what was it before that? So before I played Twilight Princess, Breath of the Wild, just because that was my first introduction to the game, mm-hmm. I went I went in it completely blind, not knowing what it was about. Um, then from there, it was just downhill from there. That was your first one too, right? Yes. Uh, that was the first game I played. I haven't played Breath of the Wild yet, and I, I try to, but like I'm very, and I've talked about this in the past podcast, which just for clarification, so if Chris or Cole are watching this, which you probably aren't, go fuck yourselves, because they banned, they bailed on me this week. So Cole actually is less of a fuck you, because he was just sloshed, but he was playing Phasmophobia, but Chris, you're a piece of shit, because you went to a steakhouse. Just kidding, love you guys. But anyway, back to Zelda. Uh, so I tried to play Breath of the Wild, but I really just couldn't get into it. Uh, the beginning is slow yeah i feel like that's just with every game though so maybe if i actually sit down with it i bought a switch and you were there obviously (laughs) we bought them at the same time i think and i just it's probably the worst investment i've made uh because i just don't play it at all hey i play it occasionally when i'm at your house yes that's good so at least somebody gets some use out of it but i i do have completely different games than what i have on my switch so we have two switches yeah so top two for you is Twilight Princess, maybe, and Breath of the Wild, kind of, in top one or two. So, my original top top three original. was uh, Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. Wind Waker, mm-hmm. and I know this is going to be a controversial one, Uh-oh. but I love Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword? Was that, yeah. like, canned critically or something, or just the fans didn't like it? No, just the fans. It was, there was a little bit of a backlash with the fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Again, I don't see the criticism. Because I love the story, I guess because I played the Switch version, mm. but I know there was a big issue with the Wii mechanics. Yeah, that... well, everyone hated the Wii, so. Yeah, but um, I didn't experience that myself, So, but with the Switch, I was absolutely involved with it. I love the story, as I mentioned. I love the music. Like, Ballad of the Goddess is my ringtone. Mm. What the fuck was the motion plus thing on the Wii? Do you remember what that was? It was like the little thing you clicked on the bottom? I I don't even know. It was supposed to make it better somehow? Like I just don't. I, don't I just the only thing I remember connecting to my Wii was the nunchucks. Yeah, well, yeah, that came with it. But I remember it was like after the fact. It was like this little small square, and you plug it into the bottom, and I think it made it like more accurate or something like that. I, don't, I never bought it. Yeah, me neither. I I never even heard of that until now. Mm, yeah, it's called. I think it was called Motion Plus. So 
What's the next Zelda called again? The next one coming up. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. That's a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild, right? Yes. And there's a lot of speculation as to what um, the story is going to be. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is... Uh, obviously, we know Ganondorf is coming back. We saw his corpse. Correct. So Ganondorf is the dude or is it the animal? That is the dude. Okay. So Ganondorf is the dude. He was originally the King of Thieves, which is the King of the Gerudo. Okay. And uh, Ganon is basically his evilness balled up into one. Hmm. Um, so his like power and rage and hatred for the goddess... Uh, basically just like engulfs into like this boar like pig form okay and that's ganon it's like me (laughs) so what's your favorite species in the zelda universe what do you mean like enemy uh it can be anything because like your friends in breath of the wild are like shark people and like big fat dudes with like rocks right (laughs) okay so we have the zora which are the fish people Mm -hmm. um then we have the Gerudo, which are, like, hot women. Uh, you have the Hylians, which is obviously what Link is. And then you have the Rito, which is the bird people. Mm. And I think my favorite is the Zora. Just because... No, that's the fish oh. people. Oh, the fish people. Did you say they're hot ladies? Yes, that's the Gerudo. Oh, okay, good. Um, the, so the reason why I chose the Zora is because there's so much... Um, they were there from the start, basically. They were there in Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were present in... Yeah, they were present in Twilight Princess. And they were also in uh, Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. And kind of in Wind Waker, but in Wind Waker... So this is where like the whole Zelda timeline comes in. Yeah, everyone's all confused about that. <laughs> in Wind Waker, um, it's revealed that the Rito people, which are the bird people, evolved from the Zora... And the, so, like, the sage, the original sage was Sora, but her ancestor was Arita. Mm. But then when it comes Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild, you have the Rito and the Zora existing in the same timeline. So who's your favorite character? Is it going to be Link? Uh, obviously, Link. Be, well, you like Zelda, too. You have an amiibo of Zelda, don't you? Or is that <laughs> no, Link? it's Link. Oh, yeah, it's Link, yeah. But I do, I do like Zelda, like... I, to me, a lot of people say like, "Oh my God, she's just a damsel in distress." But mm. no, like she's literally has one of the most powerful things in the world. That's the Triforce, right? Yeah. Well, she doesn't have the Triforce. She's the, as an element of it, right? She oh, so a piece she, of it. Right? Yeah, she has a piece of it. Yeah. She doesn't have all three of them. Yeah. Um, but she is the Triforce of Wisdom, hmm. and I guess I just relate to her the most. Maybe that's cool. So moving on from Zelda, because we could you could talk about that for hours, and maybe we'll circle back to it. But what movies are on your radar? I know we've been talking about a couple. Yeah, I know we wanted to watch Glass Onion. I was talking about this the other week, and this comes out. So it comes out November twenty eighth. So it comes out this, I believe, this weekend. Yeah. Um, in theaters. Yeah. And then it doesn't come out on Netflix until December twentieth. So I don't know. It's either so it's either we wait until Netflix, which is what I was alluding to a couple weeks ago with Chris and Cole. Or we see it in theaters, but again, the fucking price of movie tickets are crazy. Like, I we went, we were gonna see what we were gonna see the other day. Um, I think we're gonna see Black Panther. Yeah, we're gonna see Black, which I know I'm gonna see at some point. But like, and I'll put a photo of this in the link up. Like sixteen dollars and fifty cents for one movie ticket, and they were they were like thirteen bucks. 
like a few months ago. Yeah, well, no, not even that, that but Chris and Cole were, were on my ass about it. And they're like, what, what movie are you going? You went to Carnegie Hall? Which, you know, was a funny joke. But, like, I guess just New York. And I live in the, we live in the suburbs outside of the city. It's just, like, it's ridiculous. So, I don't know. I, I you know, I'm, it's not that I'm never going to see a movie in the theater again. But, like, you know, I gotta, I guess I really got to pick which movies to see. And, I mean, if Glass Onion, which I love the first, is going to come out in a month. Might as well just wait, you know? Like, what's the point? We're already paying for Netflix, so. Yeah. It's also kind of funny uh, going back to how we were with Knives Out. Knives Out was the last movie we saw before everything shut down. Was it? Yeah. That's crazy. That was ba- That was November 2019. 2019. Did we not see a movie for like three months? Really? No, we didn't. Wow, we're losers. That's a shame. <laughs> that was, well, that was the last movie we cared about, I yeah. think. Because January is usually where they have the horror, the bad horror dump. Yeah. Um, you, if you get, in case you guys don't know, January is typically where a lot of, um, movie companies release their bad horror movies. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I don't, I forgot the exact reasoning behind it. Um, but that's why you see like a lot of it. There was a few exceptions, like the Conjuring series, I believe comes out at that time too. Yeah. Um, and I think they're making a new one after a few years of not That wouldn't surprise me. Those make like hundred millions of dollars. So. Yeah. You know, like there, it's kind of funny, like that whole... Sorry, this is going on a tangent. No, no, no. <laughs> um, the whole like horror movie stuff, because obviously you don't like horror. Yeah. I do well, like horror. Correction. I do like horror. I don't like pop-ups. And we've addressed <laughs> this in the podcast because I don't like games with horror. And Bioshock is notorious for that. But continue. Um, but the Conjuring series and uh, the lead-up films are the films that like kind of stemmed off from that. Mm-hmm. It goes like highs and lows. Yeah. Um, like The Nun, that was awful. But, you know, you have movies like Annabelle and Animal Creations. I loved Animal Creations more than I loved the first one. Uh, but then, like, the last few Conjuring movies, like, I think I just liked the first one and the second one. And then after that, it went downhill for me. Hmm. I will say, I do like horror movies. Again, I don't like pop-ups. We watched them. Did we, we didn't watch all the Halloween movies, did we? We watched a lot of them, though. Uh, We watched a lot of them, yes. We the first... I think we watched the first two, and I know we watched the new trilogy that came out, which the first one gets, <laughs> was great. The last two sucked, which makes me so angry. Oh, we should talk about how horrible those last it's two so, It's so... It was so bad, I don't even want to give it justice. But, like, the, the fucking... You know what? The middle one was hilariously awful, because there's a lot of kills, and my favorite kill was the gunshot. Which oh, is, yeah. oh my god, I laughed so hard. Again, like by the end of that movie, we were rooting for Michael to oh, just yeah. kill all these villagers. Because... I think the quote I had was, and Mary, my sister, laughed at this, was, I have more emotional investment in Michael Myers in this movie than I do any of the actual characters that are so suppo- we're supposed to be sympathetic for. Yeah, no, they, they if their goal was to make you hate the townspeople then they succeeded <laughs> evil dies tonight i keep always quote that on my group chat which is great um and then the third one was just so it was just bad you can't even say it was hilariously bad are there this is kind of t- trailing a little bit are there any horror movies coming out in the near future that you know of that you're interested in besides the conjuring um i don't know because i really don't follow that many of them yeah uh I'll say for a plug, though, uh, not that he needs any plugging because he's infinitely more successful than us. Dead Meat James, uh, James A. Janice of The Kill Count. Incredible. One of my one of my favorite YouTubers, probably, because he goes, he has such a jovial personality, and he just 
talks about the kills and you get to see the passion behind the filmmaking aspect of it, which is what this podcast is about and what this channel will be about is love of filmmaking and the fact that he goes over the stuff and is so like, let's, you know, sometimes when there's pop-ups, but not all the time, he's just, it's just an absolutely great channel with the production value and then the work that he puts into it with that whole team. I think like with him, you're able to see how much passion he has for oh, the for horror sure. movies. Not only for horror movies, but just the process itself of making horror movies. Oh yeah. And he makes you feel passionate about it too. And yeah. the, in those few minutes that you're sitting there watching him discuss the behind the scenes and um, the special effects that goes into it, it's really he makes it really interesting. Yeah, I'll put him in the link dump, obviously, because great channel, great content. We spent, I think, the whole pandemic, basically, from, like, March 2020 to, like, you know, the whole next year following every kill count that came out every Thursday, every Friday, whatever it was. And we still, I think we've still seen a majority of them since then, but we've just fallen off a little bit because life finds a way, as always, so. Yeah, we had, we got boring and got jobs. Yeah, we got jobs, full-time jobs. We still find time to do a podcast, talk about video games and movies, so. (laughs) Are there any other video games on your radar? Um, Besides Zelda, obviously. Well, I played Pokemon Arceus when it came out. That was the one that was broken a little bit, right? It was a little broken, but nothing compared to the new one, <laughs> Scarlet and Violet. That you came keep out. Keep showing me memes on. Um, the glitches on that thing is incredible. I I have no interest in buying it. Mm. Um, I had a lot of fun with Arceus, and if it was another open world like that, I would have bought it. Right. But button. Button. <laughs> what was your first Pokemon game? I remember I used to play one of the Pokemon that came out on the Game Boy. I just don't remember the one exactly because it was so long ago. Do you remember the starters? I do not. Was it Toadile? Crocodile? This is Crocodile. I played, this would be a great podcast conversation with Chris and uh, Cole because they're losers just like me. Uh, I think, I think my first one definitely wasn't Emerald. I think it might have been Silver. And that's, I forget the name of the Pokemon, but. That was, uh, Pokemon used to be so good. My favorite thing was they had on the GameCube an adapter that you could put on the bottom of the GameCube, and you can put your Game Boy games in, and it would play on your TV. Mm-hmm. And that was the most fucking revolutionary thing at the time, and I was in love with it. But, uh, yeah, I played, played Silver, played Gold, played Emerald, played Ruby Sapphire, obviously. It might have been Ruby Sapphire. Yeah, because that was 2005-ish, I think. Yeah, it might have been that one. It was around that time, so... I don't think I ever really beat them. And then I played, didn't buy the Pearl and Diamond, which came after that. And then they had a couple more. And then I bought X, I think, X and Y or something like that. And I finished that and beat it. And then I kind of fell off the series after. I love Pokemon, but just kind of, you know, is what it is. Oh, I also played um, Brilliant Diamond. Brilliant Diamond. Yeah, because they made, like, these weird remakes of them. Yeah, and, like, the, the new style that they're going with. Which is fine. Like, I actually do like the 3D point of view even though it is like i would rather it be the same format as the 2d ones where you can be in 3d but walk around but like they you kept doing these weird like pseudo remakes with like brilliant diamond they did the same thing with ruby and sapphire where it was like excellent or whatever like that where they made them i guess they wanted to focus on the mega evolutions mm-hmm. which is fine but but yeah you just reminded me i never completed brilliant diamond brilliant diamond brilliant diamond you're doing pretty good so far <laughs> i like to make fun of you when you can't pronounce words but you're doing really good so far yeah this might be tmi but i'll share it anyway you're going to become a cute teacher you're doing your student teaching how is that it's very it's, tiring it is tiring it is exhausting 
I do uh, just like have my days when I just want to crawl up in a ball and die. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very rewarding. Um, I'm in the beginning. It was a little tough with my eighth graders, mm-hmm. um, but mostly because I just had no experience with eighth graders at all. Mm-hmm. Most of my experience before has been with high schoolers. Uh, but the amount of growth that I see in them do is incredible. I went from students not handing in work to now handing in work and listening to me. You know, they still get rowdy from time to sure. time, but they're children. That's what's supposed to happen. They're at that age. When did you want to become a teacher? I think I was there for your revelation, right? <laughs> I think so. Um, so I'll just start from the beginning. So when I went, th- uh, when I was in high school, I wanted nothing to do with high school after I graduated. Mm -hmm. I think everybody was the same. I was just so done with it. And my librarian comes up to me because I had a close relationship with my librarian. Um, And he goes, you know, you'd make a good teacher one day. I think I was helping one of my friends with their homework or something. And I'm like, oh, hell no. I will (laughs) never become a teacher. Once Once I'm out of high school, you will never see me here again. I will never step into another high school. And he just laughed, and we left it at that. Um, And then, uh, so we went to college together. And our college that we went to uh, didn't have an education program for our undergrad. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just focused on just getting my biology degree, see what goes from there. I think I wanted to be a um, researcher. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) And... um, the only things that they had, like I wanted to volunteer more, and the only things that was like open that I was able to volunteer for, I had the time for, um, was um, substitute teaching. No, this was before that. Oh, uh, was at an after school program. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so my I think I spent my Tuesdays and Thursdays at this after school program, and just like watching these kids, like the area that we went to college in that's a little bit of a rough area a lot of the kids there don't know where their meals are next meals are gonna be but just seeing how happy these kids are in that moment knowing that they're getting food and you know obviously not all of them were focused on their schoolwork but there was always a few that sat down and did their schoolwork came up to me and asked for help and I was just as lost as they were (laughs) if it was math I was just like I don't know kids sorry me too tough sorry (laughs) Um, but in those like moments where I like sat down with them when I did know how to help when it was second grade math, uh, <laughs> I just like realized like, oh shit, I want to be a teacher. Uh-oh. Um, just like just seeing the way that they make those connections in their head and when they finally get it, when they finally realize that two plus two is four, mm. their minds just get blown and they have those aha moments, as I like to call them. So that, yeah, that, that light bulb moment is kind of what, and seeing that in action is really what kind of drove you to that field? Yeah, and just like, after a while, I was like, okay, maybe I do want to be a teacher. Mm. Um, and then, like I said, uh, at the time, I don't know if they changed it now, but... They only had a minor for undergrad, mm. and at that time I was already a junior, so it didn't yeah. make sense for me to tack on a minor and sure. stay an extra year. Uh, so I kind of just had to wait it out. And then I was about to go through the New York City Teaching Fellows, and I'm sure you remember this whole process. I do. I had to, it, so for those of you who don't know, it is a little bit of a selective program. 
uh, they pay, I believe, half of your master's, and the other half um, they take out of your paycheck when you're teaching for those two years. Uh, so basically, you'd kind of be going for free to get sure. your master's. And I was so nervous. Like, I went through the whole process. I had to go to Brooklyn to get to do a sample lesson. I drove you there. I remember <laughs> I it was raining. Yeah, I walked was... over. I was sort of cut off, but I walked over the Brooklyn Bridge to go hang out with my friend who lived right across from City Hall at that point. And then uh, made my way back over to you. So anyway, continue. So you did that, and then guess what happened? And then I got accepted. I remember, like, this moment so vividly. I was sitting in class imagining me getting an email saying that I was accepted. And maybe five minutes after I had that little daydream, I got an email saying that I was accepted. Hmm. I ran out of the classroom and basically started like crying happy tears. I was so relieved because I I knew the amount of work that I put into it. And I was like, thank God, something is finally paying off. I know what I'm going to do. And when was this? What month was this? That was... February 2020. Yep, and I think we all know what happens the month after that. But that's just the first. That's just the first half of your story. The... You could talk about this all day, and now you're about to become a teacher. You're finishing up your student teaching, not through the teaching fellows, but all journeys, you know, end up one way or another. So I'm very proud of you. I'm very happy that it has gotten this far. So that's a story to have right there <laughs> we'll we'll leave that as a cliffhanger and what happened afterwards basically and the next time you're on you can explain everything from march of 2020 <laughs> till you know actually becoming a teacher but i think this is this is helpful you know it's funny i almost thought i wanted to be a teacher and i worked in a middle school for a little bit during the pandemic and i really enjoyed working with the kids and i enjoyed teaching and being up on that platform but the schedule of it which it sounds nice working from, you know, eight to two or whatever. And it just wasn't for me. And, you know, I just, I, I couldn't do it. But I ended up working up in education anyway. And I don't think I've said this on the pod, but I work in higher education. I work for a, a college. So that's just been working with people, you know, younger within the 18 to however old they come. Because we have, you know, alumni that come back. It has been immensely rewarding, and you get that aha moment when people, you know, set up whatever they need to set up on the right way and all that. So, it's been a great, it's been a great experience so far. But we can get into that. No one wants to hear about a profession. <laughs> yeah, that's boring. People are here for gaming, and they're here for movies. But it's good to get an idea of who you're talking to. So we're getting close to time. What else do you want to talk about? Any odds and ends you want to talk about? Anything during the week that happened? Oh, the whole Bob Chapek was fired. Yeah, that was. I suppose we didn't talk about that when we we're talking about movies, but Bob Chapek was fired, or he resigned, or something. I don't know. He all of a sudden he stepped down, and Bob Iger was reinstated immediately. The legend Bob Iger is back. But I said this to you this morning, like when we found out. It almost seems like Bob Chapek came back just to be the bad guy, and he did. He got rid of the fast pass. He got rid of this. He raised prices, and now Bob Iger, the savior, is is back. So it seemed like he was kind of a scapegoat almost. But I I think it goes through like this cycle, kind of like with Disney CEOs. They're hated when they're in power, but then when they step down, they're loved. I don't know if Bob Chapek is going to be the exception. I don't know either. I don't think I've heard anything that he's done that was people liked. Yeah, no. Cause but like. Bob Iger's legacy, I saw that he was, like, from 2005 to 2020, which is when he stepped down to supposedly retire. Hmm. Um, But he, that's where he made, that's where Disney got Pixar, that's where Disney got Marvel, and I think that's also when he got Star Wars. I think that was a while ago. Yeah, that was... Bob Iger? 
Yeah. It might have been him. I'll have to check that. I don't know. We'll have to fact check that. Um, but basically, Bob Iger is the reason why we have, you know, Mar- MCU for better or worse. Well, if he got, if he got Marvel, if he was there when they got Marvel, then he definitely was there with Star Wars. Because Marvel was in like 2009, I think. Yeah, it was, it was after Iron Man. And Star Wars was after that, so. Uh, yeah, but now he's back and everybody's like seeing like what's going to happen. Is he going to lower prices? I highly doubt that. Like, no. Disney no is still a company at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but I was talking about this with Gabby, my friend. She's obsessed with Universal. Yeah, so I've heard. Um, and she was taught, she, so she hates Disney, and she was saying, like, how her TikTok is now filled with Disney because of the news. Sure. And, um, we were just talking about how Universal has, um, the Epic Universe coming out. Yep. That's coming out, I believe, 2025. And we were talking about, like, what's going to happen when that happens. Because I didn't think realize this, but the World Cup is actually going to be the year after in 2026. Oh, we didn't even talk about the World Cup either. We can talk, it's going to be going on for the next couple of months, so we can talk about that too. So <laughs> We'll circle uh, back to that. <laughs> yeah, we'll circle back to that, which is uh, alluding to something else that we're working on, or I'm working on. So you will actually, you'll be in it. So little projects we got going on, more will be coming out of that eventually. So, but... We're going to go see Billy Joel on Wednesday in the yeah. garden, Madison Square Garden, because we're from New York, so that'll be cool. Yeah, and I'm from Long Island, so it's kind of like written by law that we have to go at least once. That's true, right? Long Islander. We yeah. also saw... As we wave bagels in the air. When like... we saw... Oh, yeah, bagels and whatever else Long Islanders know for. We saw Paul McCartney and MetLife, and then Bruce Springsteen showed up in Jersey, so it's literally we're getting both ends right there. So, <laughs> But anyway, I think with that, we're about 30 minutes, so I think we should wrap up. Yeah. Cammy, thank you for joining me. This yeah, thank you for having me. This flew by, right? I'll pretend I wasn't just a replacement. You weren't a replacement. I was with you the whole week, so <laughs> and I'll be with you for the next week until Thanksgiving, which we didn't talk about as well, but maybe we'll talk about everybody's Thanksgiving plans. And then that, you'll so. be with me for the rest of my life because we're getting married. That is true. We are also getting married, which I mentioned earlier. So, all right. Thanks for joining me, Cammy. All right. You're welcome, Danny. All righty. And everybody listening, please thank you for joining us, and please visit onyxringstudios.com. That is our website and our many other platforms, which I'm sure are linked in the descriptions and uh, other areas that we have on Spotify. So see you everybody. Bye.